Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to talk today, something the Lord has been talking with me about, is I, I have been pursuing... I have been meditating on signs, wonders, and miracles for the last year and a half. Because we all want to see them, don't we? We do. But are we willing to pay the price? That'd be great if we could just watch Netflix, watch the whole season of Stranger Things, and watch this and watch that, and do what we want, and then come to church and have signs, wonders, and miracles. And then go out to Sunny's, and then go home, take a nap, barely make it to church on Sunday night. And then get up on Monday and complain about life. It's tough, you know, it's rough. And, and then have signs, wonders, and miracles on Wednesday night. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think not. Is that right? God has been talking to me about pursuing righteousness. Pursuing righteousness every day. Amen. Let's go to Joshua 1.8. Hallelujah. I know I have your attention because you told me I did. You're not going to be off thinking about the news later, not thinking about the rain. You know, in California, if it rains a little bit, people don't show up. You know, the road's slick. They don't show up for church. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart. Well, if it's not departing, what what does the flight do when it's leaving? It's departing. If it's not departing, then what's it doing? It's staying. So it's not leaving. That means that this book of the law, the Bible, shall not depart from your what? Say it a little bit louder. Mouth. But you shall meditate, meditate, Meditate in it day and night. Well, if it's daytime, it's daytime. And if it's not daytime, what time is it? That's right. So it's telling you day and night, which equals all the time. All the time. So day and night, that you may observe to do, to do according to a little bit that's written therein. Oh, all that is written in it. For then he will, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Isn't that right? It's talking about a lifestyle, brother and sister, of meditation that it never leaves your mouth. Every time you think about speaking doubt and unbelief, you know it's not right because that's not what the word says. And I refuse to give in to doubt and unbelief say it. How many of you or know people that when you see them, they're believers, they're believers, but you see them and you say, how you doing? And when you did, you go, oh, my God, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) And they go, oh, brother, you know, I mean, it's tough. It's, it, it's been tough. We don't have enough money. But I believe God's doing something for us. I believe God's doing something for us. 
Isn't that right? Have we all done it? And we was hoping somebody was going to ask us how we felt. Because we want to just let them know. You know, I'm in faith, but, but, but this is happening in my life. Then you ain't in faith. If you got to go home, because I, I talked to my wife a couple days ago. Because I was kind of doing that with her. I, I, I would tell her, you know, these are the things I'm struggling with. But it was becoming complaining. You understand what I'm saying? Because we don't want to tell people, but we'll tell our spouse. But then the Lord corrected me later, and he says, you're just talking doubt and unbelief and disguising it. As I just want to tell you what I'm going through. Have we all done it? We've all done it. So we got to be careful how we portray ourselves, how, what we say. Amen. Am I helping some folks today? All right, good. What what does it take to be a disciple? What does it take to be a disciple? All y'all are believers, is that right? But is everybody a disciple? No, not everybody's a disciple. How many disciples did Jesus have? Twelve. Well, why not everybody? It says that hundreds and thousands of people follow him around. How come not them? Not everybody is a disciple. There's a lot of believers. Because most people don't have what it takes. They they don't have what it takes. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know you're my disciples if you have one love one for another. Some of you can't, can't even get along with your family. You're upset all the time at people. Somebody cuts you off in the car. And you're upset. Is it possible that they just had a bad day? Isn't that right? Maybe they had a worse day than you did. Unbelievers, brother and sister, are full of drama. You can sit on an airplane and listen to somebody talk about all their problems. That's why I bought the Bose cordless noise-canceling headphones. I don't want to hear people's garbage. You see what I'm saying? How, how are they going to know you're a disciple? Amen? There is something that should radiate off of Christians. If we put you and everybody else together, people should be able to tell a difference about you. You ain't just like everybody else. You ain't just a believer. You just don't fit in. There's something about your face, something about your stature, how you stand. How, how, how you present yourself because you're a believer. And not only that, but you are striving to be a disciple. Disciples are people that are disciplined. How about this? What was it? Uh, Peter walked out on the water, didn't he? Here's a man doing some faith. 
come out. He, he said, call me out. He said, well, come. He got out there and started looking at the wrong thing, didn't he? And here he is, and Jesus picks him up and rebukes him. They, he, Jesus rebuked him, and what did he do? He took his spanking, took his whooping, and moved on. Now, that's a great time to be like, no, 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 no. I stepped out on the water. I did faith. And you go sit here and rebuke me, and they're all sitting in the boat, and I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Wouldn't you feel like that? But instead, what does a disciple do? He takes his correction. And he says, you know what? You're right. You're right. I messed up. I messed up. I was wrong. Pursuing righteousness. You know that saying, and it says, you, you are who you hang out with? Haven't we always put that with negative people? You keep hanging out with them, you're going to be like them. You're going to get worse. You keep hanging out with other people. Well, how about if you're hanging out with the master and hanging out with Jesus? Is it possible that you may start acting a little bit like the master? Isn't that right? You are who you hang out with. You are who you hang out with. And somebody that is well-developed in the things of the Lord can get around somebody in about three seconds, find out who they've been fellowshipping with. We, me and my wife have gone through some pretty good, maybe they're not that good. I don't know. Maybe God's got some bigger tests and trials for me. But at the time, it sure seemed like this is pretty good. <laughs> and going through these and going through them all the way, we tell our testimony and people go, Man, we didn't even know you was going through that. We couldn't even tell a difference on your face. Then I did something right. If people didn't have to be like, well, brother, what's wrong with you? Oh, my God, you know, hoping somebody would ask so I can spill the beans. They said, we didn't even know anything was going on with you. We thought everything was fine. Well, because I'm striving to be righteous. I'm not striving to put on a show. Because I know what God's going to do for me. He's going to be doing some things for me. He's going to be changing my life. He's going to be bringing some money into my hands. Great multitudes of money. Amen. Y'all believe that for yourselves? You're going to have to raise your thinking. Amen. You can't be just cheap all the time. You can't be a coupon man, coupon woman, and believe in God for a million dollars. Isn't that right? You're going to think prosperous, we're going to have to leave the coupons in a magazine. Or wherever y'all get them. Isn't that right? I'm just saying, I know I'm stepping on your toes, but I'm talking about biblical prosperity. I'm not talking about just barely making it, you know, this is nice, we're comfortable. I probably will never be comfortable in my life again, naturally. Now, I decide, see, I decide that I'm going to rest on the Lord when I'm believing for things. We moved into a very nice house when I was, what, just a year and a half ago. Very nice house with no money to buy. No money to even support it each month. 
No money. I haven't gotten a raise since I married this girl. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't gotten a raise. I haven't gotten a raise in over 10 years. But my increase every month, my bills have gone like this. So what, what does that mean for my supply? It goes like this. Every month, all the money comes. We don't know how. I've had people just come up and be like, here, here's $3,000. The Lord told me to give this to you. I receive it, brother, because I need it. <laughs> but I expect my supply to come. Amen? I don't know if I'm helping some folks. Are you okay staying the way you are? How about that? Are you okay being the same person you were a year ago? Should you be the same person you were last year? Or maybe backwards. Maybe you're backwards. You've even gone backwards. That's not progress, brother and sister. Because if we're going to get in signs, wonders, and miracles, we're going to have to be more like Jesus. Isn't that right? You're going to have to be more like him. Because you are who you hang out around. Well, how about, how about the Lord? How about he's going to hang out with people that are most like him? And he's going to show up in the presence when people are glorifying him, most like him. Well, you think Smith Wigglesworth had such a relationship with God, signs, wonders, and miracles? You think he was out just messing around at the pubs in England? I think not. I think not. This is a dedicated man that committed his life to the word of God. And what kind of miracles did he have? He raised the people from the dead. People coming up completely healed. Cancers falling off people's faces. Why? Why? Because of pursuing godliness. Pursuing God is able to move in purity. God's going to move in purity. If you're a dirty person, God can't move with you. But you want him to. Something the Lord told me. We have Jiminy Cricket. You know who Jiminy Cricket is? And what's that song he sings? Let your conscience, conscience be your guide. Isn't that right? Every day your spirit is talking to you. You know what I mean? If there comes a film on and you feel a little scratchy, but you like it, so I'm going to watch it. What's he doing? He's telling you not to watch it. He's telling you not to watch it. He's trying to speak to you right there. But you're saying, you know what, but I really like this. I really like this show. Can you watch it? Absolutely. But he's trying to correct you and say, don't watch that. You don't need to be doing that. When I've been clearing up things, how many things right now could you say that you could, that you've been, that the Lord's trying to been, uh, correct you on with your conscience? Let me see hands. See? We've got a handful of people. Just some things, you know, those small things. I shouldn't be saying that. I, I, I shouldn't be listening to that. But I like it. Well, God's going to let you listen to it. But if you're going to get into the things that God's got for you, cut it. You're going to have to follow those. All right, Lord, let's go over there. John 8, 7. Am I helping some folks today?
We should be, brother and sister, we should be the person that when somebody starts complaining, we tell them what God's done for us. And you know what they'll do? They'll stop complaining to you. And not, not only that, maybe it may get off on them. I got somebody that um, I'm close with. I've, I've known this person a long time. But when you see them, you know, they're kind of backslidden. They're in and out. But everything's a disaster. Everything in their lives falling apart. Tires are flat, bald. Something's wrong with the truck. Something's wrong with the, the you know, the, got a hernia, got this, got that. Hair's not doing well. Bad day. My, you know, my stuff's not working out. Bad day. Bad day. And I come up and I said, brother, God's been so good to me. And I said, you know what's funny? Is I don't have any of these issues you have. Zero. My stuff's not broken down. My hair's not falling off my head. All my stuff works. All this stuff. And he's like, well, you know, whatever, you know. But I noticed after a week of being with this person, the first thing when I would see him in the morning, I'd say, well, good morning, brother. How you doing? Man, man of God, I'll tell you what, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. I said, yes, he is, and he's going to keep being better to you. If you quit all that doubt and unbelief in you, saying, he's like, no, I know, you're right. You're right. You're right. I let it get to me. I let it get to me. It's your decision if you had a bad day or not, isn't it? Isn't it, right? Had a flat tire. Bad day. Bad day. Or is it, you know what, not a big deal. Not a big deal. I'm not going to let myself get worked up over this. Not worth getting worked up over. Not a big deal. Because it doesn't affect my future. It's not a big deal. I'm going to be late for work. I'm just going to call in. Hey, got a flat tire. And the devil show say, hey, you ain't got no money for that new tire. And they're going to have to bring you a new one. And you start thinking, hey, I don't have the money for a new tire. No, no, no. I, I rebuke that thought. The money will come. I had a flat tire. I can't fix that. God's going to bring me the money. Amen. I have a young man in my church, and he said, uh, I'm looking for a, and he's come a long way, a long way. And uh, he, uh, he called me, and he said, hey, I need some new tires for my truck. And uh, I'm thinking about buying some used, some used ones, some good used ones. What do you think? I said, brother, you, should, you called the wrong person. I said, you called the wrong person. I said, I don't believe in buying used tires. I believe in buying brand new. I believe God's going to fund you with new tires. Not some, some other person's jacked up junk. And he said, all right. And he, he said, brother, you, you, you got me on that one. I said, you called me. And he, he came the next week and he said, this is the first brand new tires I have ever bought in my life. This man today is doing the landscape and maintenance on like a dozen Walmarts and bringing in million dollars today. And he's got a Mercedes Benz, brand new, brand new. He came from South Carolina. And he came to our church and refused to be the same. Refused. He started out with the pressure washer in the back of his Nissan Ultima. I got that pressure washer now. He gave it to me. (laughs) And he started, he was working at Sprint, and he walked out, and you know how there's a commercial building and there's gum on the floor and everything? And the manager of the building walked by. And he said, you know what, I, I can clean this for, for you here. I can clean all this stuff up. Because I used to do it in South Carolina, you know, the mold on y'all's houses and stuff. You got pressure washer. We don't have that problem in California, but whatever, the mold is going. And he said, uh, I'll, I'll do it for you. You're like, okay, let me know a price. 
So he's doing this commercial center, and the next person comes over. Hey, I see you pressure wash people's front porches here. Right in front of the store, he goes, yeah, I'll do yours. Well, guess where it ended up? And then they said, well, do you do landscape? Landscape here is jacked up. I can. And I, he called me and said, what do you think? I said, bid it out. Don't even mess with it. Just bid it out. That's what he's doing now. Driving a Mercedes Benz, believing God for over a million-dollar home, stepping into things. Oh, yeah, he's, he's younger than, yeah, he's like 20, 27, 28 years old. It can happen, brother and sister. you got to put a demand on it. Amen? People don't want to do anything. They just want God to bring it to them. But the Bible says you got to get out and work. Do something. Do something. And don't be afraid to mess up. People's afraid to mess up. If God's in your boat, what you got to fear? If you check your spirit, the Bible says that biblical prosperity comes with no sorrow. If you're not doing well, you need to step back and ask God, what have I done wrong? And I apologize for not listening to you. I apologize. And I ask you to speak to me and show me where I've missed it. Amen? That ain't even my sermon. We won't deduct that from my time. Hallelujah. If you stay on the plan that you're on now, will you fulfill the plan for your life? You know, you've seen the Olympics. Actually, we mess. Thank you, Father. You back me up. Remember we was going to John? We're talking about your conscience. Your conscience, your spirit, speaking to you. Amen. It says here, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin, let him throw the first stone at her. You guys know the story, right? Okay. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and those who heard it began being, what does that say? Mine says convicted. By their what? Conscience. They's convicted about what he's writing in the dirt. In the dirt. You see that? That conviction. That conviction. That's what I'm talking about, brother and sister. You need to clean that up. Get rid of those convictions. That's right. Some, some of you need to be calling some folks today and repenting about some, the way you've acted in the past because it's been on your conscience, because that ain't love. Well, they're just going to chew me out. Who cares? Who cares they're going to chew you out? It don't matter. You did, did your part and got that off of you. I can't tell you how many times I was supposed to do something in a service, and I didn't do it. And every day I'd wake up, and there it is. You should have laid hands on that person. Next day, you should have laid hands on that person. Should have laid hands on that person. Just, just my, my conscience is, is you know, my, my spirit's messed up. And what do you think I do when I go back to that church? The first place I go, is that person here? Is that person here? Because I need to get rid of this. I've had that multiple times, and, I, and I've, I've, I've corrected myself now, and I said, I'm just going to do it when you tell me, Lord. I apologize. I apologize that I didn't do it when you told me to. Because he's training me, saying, look, you need to follow what I'm telling you to do and don't, and don't let this go. Maybe God's telling you some of that stuff. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Convicted by their conscience, went out one by one with the oldest, even the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. 
if God started correcting people, should you be gone? No. You should be right in the front, and you look around, and it's you and Jesus. And he looks up, and you're there smiling because none of that stuff applies to you. Shouldn't that be us? That our conscience, from what he's telling us, should be clear. We shouldn't be where Jesus ain't riding in the dirt. Watch too much Netflix. No time with me. Spending your money where you're not supposed to. And you fall convicted, so you leave. Because he's been trying to tell you. These people knew what they was doing. They knew the wrong. Convicted. And, he, and when he was done, nobody was left. Nobody. Except him and a woman. That speaks a lot of dynamics, doesn't it? About where we need to be. If Jesus was here now and he started calling some things out, could you smile and say, you know what? I'm clear. I'm clear. There, there's things um, that I've cleared up in my life. And just a couple months ago, I got to the point. Now, that doesn't mean new stuff will come up. I'm able to correct it like this real quick. But there was things that I was dealing with for years that I never corrected. You know, that didn't sit right with me. And I got those corrected. Some of them, I don't do Facebook, but some of y'all on social media too much. Too much. Your opinion, brother and sister, your opinion don't matter. Your opinion, are you disciples or not? It's up to you. You get on there and start fighting. You don't see me putting my opinion on there, and you won't, because I don't care. Because it's so piddly to me, and I don't care what people say or do. You need to start getting more in the Word of God. You spend hours on that thing a day. What if you took that time you did on social media and invested it in the Word of God? How much further would you be? Yeah, but it ain't fun. Yeah, because you ain't made it fun yet. Because you've told yourself, this is boring. This is boring. I get in it, and I start getting excited. And I go, hey, I got a lot of stuff on the line. I need my bills to be paid. When, when you put a demand on your faith, man, anointing's here. When you put a demand on your faith is because y'all ain't put a great enough demand on your faith, so you don't need to stretch. When you put such a great demand on your faith, you say, I ain't got time for social media because I got to be with the Father. Because I got too much writing on my faith to be looking at social media, to be giving my opinion about something that don't even matter. Isn't that right? You better watch it. And I'm telling you, ask the Lord, say, Father, should I be on social, social, social media this much? What's he going to say? What's he going to say? Is he going to say, no, you're all right. You're good. You're good. No. He's going to say, no, why don't you spend it with me? Why don't you invest that time? Why don't you invest that spiritual time? And then get with the Father and get in your, the Bible says, be still. Be still. I got to tell myself that all the time because I think I got to do something all the time. You can't, you can't adjust work for being spiritual. Some people do enough work that they substitute it for being spiritual. Well, I'm working for the church. I'm down here mowing the lawn. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing that so I can make money to pay to, to give tithes and offerings. No. 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 You shouldn't be out doing that. You say, you, you know what? I'm going to be a great benefit because I'm going to bring a spiritual level to this church. I'm going to adjust my thinking. Instead of being money-minded, I'm going to start being Christ-minded. I'm going to start thinking that God's going to pay my bills. God's going to supply my needs rather than me hustling. 
It's a bad habit. That's what the world does. They're running a rat race, ain't they? Running around, trying to make another dollar, trying to make ends meet, when all the supplies right here in the Word of God. You got the Bible says the man that don't work, don't eat. But you can have something that you don't have to hustle for all the time. God's going to fund you if you do it. If you don't want to do it, whatever. He's going to let you hustle like everybody else. I'm looking for biblical prosperity, brothers and sisters. I don't have a job besides what I do at the church. And I ain't gotten a raise in 10 years. And somehow, all the money comes. And it'll come this month. And it'll come de- the next month. I just got a bill I don't even have the money for, for property tax over $5,000. You think I got $5,000 sitting in the bank? But I don't care, because the money will come. Because it did every month before that, and every month before that, and every month before that. And when they say you couldn't have that house, I got the house. Yeah, Yeah, and the money, not there. The money comes every time. Money came. Isn't that right, Morgan? Every time it comes. Am I helping some folks today? I hope I am. And here I am. You think I'm going to mess it up by believing for my house, and and then here I am believing for an aircraft. And here I am with struggling over $5,000 tax bill on my property. Cost more than that for one trip to Texas in that airplane. Double that. Come on, brother and sister. You see what I'm saying? The bigness of God. He's greater than you, you, you could think. You got to bring your thinking up to the next level. You got to bring your thinking up to the next level. Well, I'm in a small town. I was raised in a small house, and I was raised. I know all these people. It don't matter. It don't matter. You can have more. You can have more if you want it. You don't have to take it. You can be like everybody else. You can. God ain't going to force you, but it's available. Amen. My helping, y'all. Hallelujah. We, okay. We going to, so today, if, if, if you would, go home and be still and get with the Father and say, Father, tell me what are some of those things you're talking to me about that I need to clear up. And boy, you, going, you already know half of them right now. And say, what if you correct one of those things on your conscience one a week? One a week. Social media, one week. You know, not getting mad at the relatives, the next week. Not worrying about money, the third week. How many weeks would you have it cleared up? Probably pretty quick, wouldn't it? Maybe in 12 weeks, we could have this thing cleared up. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Think about it that way. You know when you break it down and say, you know what? And I got before the Lord a couple weeks ago, and I said, Father, is there anything you're talking to me about that I need correcting? And I didn't get anything. I said, praise God. Now I'm getting somewhere. Get those things cleared up, brother and sister. Maybe he's telling you, get more time in the Word. Get, get in the Bible more. Be more time with me. Brother and sister, we always going to need more time in the Word of God. Until the day you die, we're going to be in this. And the devil will say, you ain't spending enough time with the master. You ain't spending enough time with the master. And you're all right, I don't spend enough time with the master. You got to separate the two. And you, you know better when you've been in the Word enough. In the Bible, because I know Morgan's dealt with that, you know, the, and I've dealt with it. And the devil come and say, you don't spend enough time with the master. You know, trying to convict you. You have to separate and say, no, I know I'm doing righteousness. I know I'm doing right. Am I helping some folks? All right. We'll start, we'll start my notes here in a minute. 
John 8, 31. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in in my word, in my word, abide. What's abide mean? Steve, do you know what abide means? Stay. Stay and nest in, you know. We're going to stay here for a little bit. We're going to abide here. We're going to live here. We're going to live here. If you stay seated in my word, You are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. Well, why are you going to know the truth? Because you're seated in the word. And it's going to reveal itself. And the truth shall set you free. The truth will set you free. Because you're seated in his word. If you ain't seated in his word, brother and sister, you got something wrong. And that's when he says, if you abide in, in my word, you're my disciples. Because you're doing the word. Once you get offended, are you seated in his word anymore? No. Because you, you got offended. I'm upset. What the pastor said. Oh, God. You know, those are one, one of those things that said, boy, if I ever got upset at my pastor, boy, I feel like a lightning bolt can come down and strike me in the front when I walk out the door. Bam. Take me out. And I'd be okay with it because I should have never, and I'd be at the pearly gates. Lord, I'm sorry. I apologize for getting upset with my pastor. You should never get upset with your pastor. He can run you off the street and you say, you know what? That's all right. He's my pastor. I don't care what he does. I don't care what he does. I don't care what he says. And I'm here because I could step on your toes a little bit because I don't go to this church. Am I helping some of y'all today? Maybe y'all quiet because you're receiving. Or maybe you're thinking about your truck. I don't know. Hallelujah. Miracles are going to follow these things. They're going to follow righteousness. Smith Wigglesworth got on a train one time. This is a man of God. I mean, this man, I mean, just reading his book, you could feel and see the purity coming out of the book when he reads the word of God. And he got on a train one day. And he sat next to a man. He got next to him. And he's there for like a minute or two. And the man jumps up and says, sir, I don't know who you are, but you convict me of my sins. He says, I'm a homosexual. And I don't know who you are, but lay your hands on me and it's going to go. And he said he started laughing and hit him. And he said, the whole train come unglued. And everybody stood up and started crying. And said, you know, I've got stuff going on too and I want to repent. What do you think, what what do you think that is, just a a coincidence that God showed up? Or is this the way, the manner this man lives? Isn't that right? Maybe it's the way this man lives, a godly life. Think about it. Where, Where did they used to put God? They used to put him in the Ark of the Covenant behind a curtain that was four inches thick and took 300 priests to hang it. And then, in case the priest wasn't as pure as he said, we're going to tie a rope to you. Because you're going into the glory. And you better be pure. And if you're not, we're going to drag you out. Isn't that right? Don't you think, maybe, just maybe, 
we should be a little pure. Be a little bit, because maybe he's going to show up when we start walking in that righteousness. Because that's what he is. He's the glory. He's love. That's what he is. He's a lot of things. And when we start becoming more like him, more like him is when he's going to start manifesting himself because we're more like him. He's not manifesting himself in, in a sinner. Most people, Christians, is waiting on, waiting on the sovereignty of God. They're at the pool of Bethesda waiting for the water to move and everybody jump in. <laughs> but they don't know that they already have it. Christians already got it. It belongs to them already. And here we are, Lord, I'll come to see what you're going to do to me. Pastor called a healing line, and you know, hey, I'm going to see if it works today. I'm going to see if it, you ain't going to say it, but you thought it. Ain't that right? Yeah. We've all thought that, huh? Yeah. I'm going to see what's going to happen. Yeah. That's not what the lady with the issue of blood said, did she? No. She didn't say, I'm going to see. She never said that. And what she get? And get this, a lot of people are thronging Jesus. Weren't they? There was people everywhere. Couldn't even move. And people are thronging him. But then he said, somebody, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. The difference. The difference. Somebody touched me. That lady could have gone to prison because she wasn't supposed to be out there. She, she could have gone to prison. What did they do? He said, lady, you're completely whole because you're faith. Because she declared what was going to happen to her before. She didn't say, let's see. But people waiting, most Christians is waiting like the pool of Bethesda. Well, I'm going to wait till the water moves and we're going to jump in. Remember the man, at, the man at the pool and Jesus come up and this man's a cripple. And he says, why haven't you gotten in the pool? He said, well, every time... I try to move, I can't, and somebody beats me to it. His legs is busted up, his legs is busted, you know, he's all messed up. And nobody, and he says, I've asked people to throw me in and they won't do it because they take it for themselves. <laughs> I got a kick out of that when I read that scripture. I said, man, this man must hate everybody there <laughs> because they don't help him out. They don't all wait. <laughs> they don't wait. They don't wait for him. They don't wait. They just jump in. They're taking care of themselves. I got such a kick out of that when I read that. I laughed for about 20 minutes. I said, man, that poor guy. And Jesus came and laid his hands on him. That was part of the sovereignty of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Philippians 4.8. What time y'all let out here? About 2.30? Finally, brethren, whatever things are, are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, I don't know what yours says, mine's the, I got the same Bible as Pastor Anderson, I think, the New King James Version, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good rapport, if there is any virtue and there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 
Look at verse 9. I just saw that. I've got it highlighted, but let's look at it. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. Just real quick, let me just tell you what, what, what the Scripture says. It says, the, the Bible says that his eyes are on what? The righteous, the righteousness. His eyes is on the righteous. His eyes are on him. He's going to be doing some things for people that are most like him. Isn't that right? We should be walking in that. Amen? I don't know if I've helped y'all this morning. I didn't even get to the financial part of being in all this, but maybe we'll save it for next time. Do you think, being more like God, that God's going to take care of your financial needs? I didn't even get to it, but we'll, we'll have to get into it another time. Or maybe I'll preach it somewhere else, and I'll just send you all the tape. <laughs> Amen. You know, think of, a, of an athlete. We had the Olympics a while back. You know the gymnastics? You know, I don't know if you've watched the little things they give, but, they, they, but these people go down to, what is it, Kentucky, Tennessee, and they train with that guy from, with that Russian guy that they, they used to do. And they train from, for years, for years. I mean, intensively. Every day they train. Every day they train, they mess up. Because if they got it perfect, then they don't have to train anymore. But they train every day for the goal, for the win. Isn't that right? And they train from a young age. And what does the coach do? They're going to mess up, aren't they? They're going to mess up. And what's he going to say? No, you've done it wrong. I've told you, quit doing that. Quit doing that. Quit messing that way. You're doing it wrong. And what do they do? Do they get upset and leave? No, they don't. They don't get upset. But what are, they, what are they making? They're making champions. They're making winners. They're not making losers. Because every day, they're in there doing it. And getting corrected every day. The disciples, when Jesus left, the reason they had the signs, wonders, and miracles they had, because of the correction when he was here. He told them. I mean, he corrected them all the time. I mean, all the, all the time, he's correcting them. Telling them, remember, he cast... They couldn't cast the devil out, that young kid, and they brought him to Jesus, and he rebuked him later. He says, because you don't believe. You don't believe. <laughs> okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I apologize. I apologize. You need to learn to be quick. I said something my mom's house, it, it, uh, not the one she's in now, but she has another one we're selling, and it had a flooding issue. She don't live there, so I caught it a couple days late. There's a slab leak coming out the ground. I mean, it's a multi, you know, it's a beautiful home, million-dollar home, you know, one in Bear Creek. And, boy, <clears throat> all the baseboards was jacked up. I mean, handmade baseboards, I mean, just beautiful. And I got in there, and I'm looking around and thinking, oh, my God, what, I mean, I'm going to have to rip all this out, all, everything, you know, up to, you know, yay high, got to be ripped out. And uh, I got in there, and I had a guy come, come over, and I said, man, this is just wild how much stuff, you know, is damaged. I said, man, I felt sick, you know, to my stomach. And he goes, man, this is bad, you know. I, I mean, because it's sad. It, I, I didn't catch it because no one lives there. I, and I go there every other day. And I didn't, I didn't catch it. And so I got home that night and I was praying about it. And uh, he said, and he said, hey, I want to tell you something. I said, yes, sir. He said, 
you said something today that you shouldn't have. And I go, you're right. And I said, I felt sick. And on that, he corrected me. He said, you shouldn't be saying that. You know better than to say, I feel sick. I said, yes, sir, I apologize. I apologize to you for saying that. I know better than to say that. But you should get on that level where he's not correcting you on major things, that he's just correcting you on small things. He said, yes, sir. And I went back to the man I was with, and I told him, I said, I want to apologize to you because I shouldn't have said that yesterday. I know it may, may not mean nothing to you, but it means something to me, and I apologize. He goes, oh, it ain't nothing, no, no big deal. I said, I know, but I'm just telling you, I apologize. Because that ain't, that ain't the way I talk. Amen? Have y'all been held this morning? Go ahead and stand. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.